Welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have Chelsea, uh, <laughs> Chelsea, woo, Kelsey woo! Shalou. It's been a while. You got to give me a break. It's been like two or three weeks since we last recorded, but we have Kelsey Shalou in the uh, hey. West Coast studio. How you doing, Kelsey? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Brian? I'm excellent. And John. Excellent. We got- um, and so we have a, we have a guest today. Uh, we have the the ever illustrious John Struble. He is our um, he's our resident media planner, and um, we're going to talk about sports. Hey, that's always, <laughs> that's the best thing to talk about is sports, isn't it? <laughs> Never get tired yeah. of talking about sports. So when we first kind of came up with this idea weeks and weeks ago, um, the, it was kind of just supposed to be like it's a very just casual kind of like back and forth just banter about just what's going on in sports mm-hmm. but then a lot of things happened <laughs> in sports yeah that's a good way to put it yeah <laughs> a lot of things happened in a very short period of time when it comes to you know the sports world and so we're going to try to cover as many of them as we can we don't want to there are certain things that have kind of been out there for a little while so we don't want to beat a dead horse too long um but now the to kind of jump into it now that you know the college and pro football seasons have started like what what now um i know there's a lot of talk about things you know the continued push for um athletes to be paid and compensated um what does that what what does that look like you know in the future like what 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 are the the kind of implications with that you know there's been a lot of talk like you said about paying college athletes a lot of people say hey you know what they're getting a scholarship they're playing football they're going to school for free that should be the end of it right um a lot of people are saying that it would get rid of some of the corruption if students were being paid and they wouldn't be taking money under the table or dealing with agents more than they should be for sure um but i think that the bottom line is it it's almost impossible to come up with a fair way to pay college students. Hmm. How so? Because what you can't pay everyone the same amount of money. Right. Like in the okay. pros. Like okay. in the pros, you know, you sign a quarterback seven years, $140 million. But with the, you know, the, the offensive line might get like $700,000 for the season. Right. So then it's like once they're signed to their team, though, the team also has the right to like trade them, bench them, suspend them, fine them. Mm-hmm. They're an employee of that team. Right. If college students are getting paid, some people might say that that they are now an employee of the school. Does that mean that they would be subjected to as well? Let's say they sign a quarterback out of high school to start for Notre Dame. He has six bad games. Mm-hmm. Can they bench him? Can they trade him? What would that mean? Um, it's it's a little bit of a tricky point, and I, huh. I know it's the, the extreme opposite of, of kind of what people <laughs> might think about with that. But also think too, I, I saw a stat not too long ago where there's only a handful of schools that actually make money off their sports programs. Okay. So hmm. also, how do you pay for those students? You know, the bigger schools like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Clemson. Right. You know, they might be able to. They're doing okay, so they might do that. But to be competitive, you know, you have. 150 other schools out there that don't mm-hmm. have those kinds of budgets. Exactly. So, you know, do you cut the art program at the school to, to sign a, a I mean, quarterback? Do and you? It, it could be. I mean, a lot of people use sports as a way to get people to come to that school. Right. Obviously, you know, even down here in Orlando with UCF, the national champions last year, right. you know, that got UCF a lot of press outside Orlando. Mm-hmm. They were always covered on Sports Center. They were covered on, you know, not only local news, but national news. I think CNN actually had a story about them too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're using sports to kind of 
up their profile, get more interest. For sure. But in the long run, I think uh, the more you have to pace the athletes, and think about it too, is college athletes, a lot of football teams, there's 100 guys on a team. So how do you get enough money to pay all 100 of those people and pay right. them fairly? And right. then you know, another question comes in is, how much are they worth to the school, and then mm-hmm. what do they do with that money? That, that, I see that's that, that's and I guess that's kind of the, the 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 tunnel vision that I've always had is like when I think of the college sports, I automatically go to football, yeah, or or basketball, yep, at the at, you know baseball at the very least, <laughs> you know, you don't think about the volleyball team or the swimming team or you know the other teams out there that are doing just as well, if not better than those yeah. high profile teams, and you you don't factor in like just the personnel. Like there's just a vast amount of personnel that goes into a you know a sports and athletics program at schools. Yeah, and kind of like what I was saying before too is that you know football sometimes pays for all those other sports that go on. Right. You know the revenue that the football team is generating at the tickets. You know at the gate. You know Michigan sells out a hundred thousand people. They use some of that money. Yeah, they pay their staff. They pay their faculty. Right. But some of that can also afford them the wrestling team, a volleyball mm-hmm. team, and other teams along the way. So. Again, if you start paying athletes, that's more money that's being taken away from the school. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe you have 11, 12, 15, 20 different sports teams cuts it down to five. Right. So it's it is a little bit tricky. Like you said, you know, the, the big talk is about football and basketball. But, you know, there are a lot of athletes that, you know, get scholarships to play volleyball, swimming, gymnastics, everything else. So if those programs are cut. Now you're taking scholarships away from those kids who might not be able maybe to go to a school like that. Right. Without that scholarship. Okay. So. You know that that's that's insightful. <laughs> but to but to co but to go back to what you had said earlier, and please, Kelsey, chime in any moment. Um, yeah. You talked about how you know high profile sports bring in that attention. They bring that awareness. These are all marketing d- initiatives. Like so, I feel like there's a, there's something missing. There's some something that could bridge the gap between what we have now with the NCAA and what we could achieve within you know college college sports. And making sure that everybody kind of gets, I, I, how do I, probably gets gets more of a, a fair shake, so yeah. to speak. Um, I'm just I'm just curious as to what that could potentially look like. Um, obviously, I don't expect you know Walmart to you know lease out advertising space on like an <laughs> an athlete's body or something like that. I mean, you know, weirder know. things have happened, I'm sure. But um, it just it just it might be one of those situations where you know something down the line there might be more collaboration between you know the NCAA and the professional versions of certain sports you know as almost like a funnel and I know there are certain things that are that are in place now programs that are in place now like farm sure. teams and stuff like that that allow college athletes to kind of you know dip their toe yeah. in but I'm curious as to what it could look like in the future as far as just. It would be interesting to see like some of the athletes get their own kind of sponsorships from right. local and some national ones too. Um, but again, because it's you know college football is such a billion dollar industry, right? They already have agreements with all the big players in the game. So if you know um, the SEC is sponsored by Nike, mm-hmm. they. Reebok can't come in there and sponsor anybody. Right. And since they're covered by Nike, Nike doesn't feel like, okay, we have to sign this one athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as they announce for the draft, then right away you can grab them up as much as you want. But, you know, I, I kind of do agree they should be paid something. And I think there was some talk in the past, too, about let them do some sponsorships. Right. Um, but I think it was also more like on a local type of level. The challenge is, though, you know, you can't put a patch on your uniform when Alabama is playing in the national championship and not have the whole – nation exactly so exactly it I, 
it's kind of a trick. I think there's still a lot of work to do. I think that it's one of those things that's going to get a lot smarter people than us in a room and try to figure out how right. to do that. But um, I, I just think the way that everything is going, that in the next five or ten years, we probably will start seeing a, a little more player involvement. Um, you know, they do have the rights. I think it was against the Madden football franchise mm -hmm. that, you know, the, they couldn't use the players' names anymore because they right. weren't being compensated That's for right. It. That's so right. So it's like, hey, Madden mm -hmm. sells, you know, a million of these games. Players aren't seeing anything. They're like, well, then take my name off it. So they did right. have some say in their likeness and in their names that wasn't owned by the school. Mm -hmm. But should they get a piece of that game? Maybe. Does it go into trust until they graduate and then they can use that money? Ah. That could be something to do. Because, mm -hmm. again, you know, a lot of people do get their scholarships, but a lot of people don't. And let's face it, most of the guys that are on a team are not going on to make multi-million dollar contracts right, in the exactly. NFL. So if they can make some money in college, put that aside, get settled when they graduate, get a regular job. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they made some money in college, too. Exactly. That could be a good possibility. See, I like that idea. Hey, I like thanks. that idea. But we're going to trademark that just yeah, in okay. case. Just right. in <laughs> <laughs> case. <laughs> I don't know that's listening. It's my, our idea. We came up with it first. Awesome. <laughs> who, who are your teams this year? Uh, well, college, I've always been a Michigan fan. Okay. Uh, the pros, I'm a New York Giants fan. Giants, okay. Yeah, okay. and uh, basketball is the Magic, and baseball is the New York Mets. So I've had a rough couple of years. Oh, now they say Mets, yeah, man. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's been a rough couple of years, but, you know, you know, every, you know, I just had somebody today ask me about football season and baseball season, and I said, to me, baseball season's over right now. All right, right, You know, right. Let's, fo let's focus on the uh, football and spring comes around. The Mets, will be better, the Mets will be better next year. I've been saying that for about you know eight or nine years. Now, <laughs> spring is a time of rebirth, so hopefully that'll exactly. kind of translate exactly. into the, the Mets' performance next year. Um, so you mentioned Nike, um, and it's been pretty much the the talk in in uh, several different industries: sports, marketing, advertising. Um, Nike released a a campaign recently to celebrate their 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign um, with a nice extreme close up shot of Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Um, and what did the um, what did the quote say? Um, it was a believe in something. Even was like if, if it means if it means sacrificing everything. Yeah, sacrificing everything. Mm. So <laughs> there was a I think it was a very um, there were kind of two camps. You know, people who were like enthusiastically just all for it and 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 you know you you know down with the cause so to speak mm -hmm. and then there were people who were burning their apparel <laughs> on social media <laughs> so two very different ends of the spectrum how did you kind of like and, and Kelsey you, you two yeah how did you guys I can jump kind of fall into I, this like what did you yeah what were your first thoughts well I don't know too much about football and who should be paid and who should not be paid and cause some more of that technicality stuff but um, I mean, this is so on brand for Nike. The fact that people are even that surprised that Nike is putting out a message like this is just, it, this, Nike has always kind of pushed the limits and been an advocate for, um, outliers, if you will. And I think my, <laughs> the, my favorite thing that I saw, um, in the wake of this was uh, like a personal friend of mine tweeted, imagine burning your favorite shoes and clothes just for Twitter. And it, like, think about that. It's just for Twitter, man. You know, yeah, you gotta, it's, it's, <laughs> I guess, but I mean, so, you know, I, I think that's kind of silly, but I think that the campaign itself, like when I watched it, what, I, did it come out in originally in a minute, a minute spot or is that 30 second spot? What? Yeah, well, it started the, with that print ad, and I think Nike and Colin both um, tweeted it out, and then Nike released a uh, an online version of a the th the one minute spot, uh, not too long one after. Minute spot. Yeah. 
Yeah, when right. when I watched that, I w- thought it was. I thought. It, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful montage of some different things. And I get that there's always going to be opposing forces, kind of in anything that is uh, anything that's political or controversial in the sphere. That's part of why we, you know, talk openly about it on a podcast or on Twitter or whatever it might be. Um, but if you're looking purely, if you're taking away, you know, the public's opinions and you're just looking at Nike producing something, it, you know, it seemed on brand and, you know, all points of what Nike is. And I'm pretty sure that their sales has actually like increased by 30% since this yeah. came out, despite people burning their clothes. Um, so, well, you, you know, I think that it, burn them. right. <laughs> I guess. And I, and I, and I totally get that you vote with your dollar. I totally, you know, I get that. I buy into that with certain things as well. Right. Um, so I, I'm not, can they sit here and say, oh, the other people are, you know, stupid for doing that? That would make, you know, that's not really how you have a fair conversation or mm-hmm. argument. But, um, I think if you're taking away people, the people's in the public opinion and you look at the, the message and the content that Nike produced is, I mean, it's it's Nike, one hundred percent. And Nike did a pretty funny thing too. You know, they tweeted out uh, later on that day tips for burning our clothes. Yes. Instruction on how to do it. I thought that was just yeah. saying, you know what? We know we're going to get backlash for this, right. but we're kind of this is where we're standing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, the thing yeah. With, with Colin Kaepernick too is like he's been a Nike spokesman for the last seven or eight years. Right. He hasn't been featured because obviously he hasn't been playing the last couple of years. But it's not like Nike just signed him just for this campaign. They right. had him for the last couple of years. They waited to the right moment. And, you know, the right moment was here and the right moment mm-hmm. was now. And like uh, Kelsey started saying, like in the beginning, you heard, oh, stock is down 3% and this, that, and the other. Right. The last four or five days, they've been going up 25 30%. Mm-hmm. And that ad aired during every game yesterday. Yeah. So everybody <laughs> was watching it saw it. So, you know, it, it was a, a great campaign. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, also, like Kelsey said, you know, you have people on both sides are going to feel strongly one way or the other. Right. But, um, you know, the message itself was pretty clear. And he's a, that's the perfect quote for him. I mean, he he's standing up for something he believes in, and it's cost him his career. It's cost him a reputation. It's right. cost him millions of dollars. It cost, you know, he's in a battle right now with the NFL yep. in a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough one to win, but he's still going at it. He's not sitting back. And I think, um, I think yesterday there were about uh, two or three players that actually um, – protested during the national anthem mm. and Kaepernick kind of tweeted out to them saying thanks for your support I appreciate it but you know the NFL has different rules now too but right. the message is still being heard people are still believing it and I've seen, I even see some people wearing Kaepernick jerseys now too oh, yeah? so for the first time in the last couple of years so interesting very interesting so I think this kind of brings up a, a, a larger conversation about the culture beyond sports right so you know we, we have the, the Nike ad campaign and recently we had uh, Serena's, yep. Serena Williams' loss in the US Open and the, the, the amazing kind of just like way that she handled that even in the in light of all of the scrutiny that she got for you know for her argument with the uh what was it, the line coach or the ref the ref, yeah, the ref. The or whatever it might, yeah. um the guy who sits in the the, the lifeguard chair <laughs> the with lifeguard the umbrella chair, David <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean so it kind of brings up like i said a, a, a bigger conversation of like it, that that culture beyond sports is it is it enough to kind of just have an athlete go through college, get be successful enough to go to the pros, and then, like you had said earlier, you know, it's they're an employee. Mm-hmm. So, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line between being a human 
right? And being <laughs> an employee, it's almost like being a student versus being an athlete. There's always that that internal struggle between right. the two. I don't think that, you know, with Serena and Colin and, and other people that have, you know, had their protests in the past, I don't think right. they've done, they haven't done anything like detrimental to their team. They're right. just expressing their opinion, which we are allowed to do. Right. Now, the team might not like that, mm-hmm. or they might not approve about it, and you might have some consequences like with Colin Kaepernick. Sure. Um, but I think, you know, kids today, you know, you, you know, not just young kids, teenagers and some early young adults, mm-hmm. you know, we look at athletes, we look at musicians and actors, you know, kind of as role models. Right. Like we identify with them. That's why these guys are so popular, too. I mean, you see a kid walking down the street with a Kobe jersey, he loves watching Kobe play. If Kobe can then take that and have a positive message, mm-hmm. maybe the kid might learn something. Right. You know, he's being more than just, he's an athlete, he's a great athlete, one of the best, but he's taking his kind of celebrity status a whole new way and saying, hey, I'm going to talk to you about the things that I believe in. For sure. And if that's a problem for some people, then burn my jersey, don't wear it, you're up to that. But I I only have a limited time with this microphone or megaphone in front of me. Right. I'm using it right now because people are listening right now. And he's 8, 10, 12 years that I'm playing, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, you know, 10 years from now, there's going to be 17 other players that you're not going to remember who I am. Right. Not in the sense of Kobe, but... A lot of other guys, so I think it's it's smart for players if they or athletes if they do believe strongly in something, even if it does cost them in the long run. If they want to use their celebrity status to kind mm-hmm. of get that message out and make people right. more aware of it, then I think they should definitely be doing that. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I agreed. So yeah, you agree with that one, Kelsey? Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I think I think that even even people that don't have mic like you know big microphones in front of them. Like I certainly don't have a huge platform to preach or, you know, stuff like that. And not that you should preach, but you, you do, if you care about something or you value something with your friends, with your family, with people that you meet, you will hopefully impart some of that. Um, And whether they want to take it or leave it, you know, that that's ultimately up to them. But if you have an opportunity to potentially um, make an improvement or pass on something that's important, like you should always take that opportunity. So if you have a platform, um, yeah, go for it. And again, like there's always going to be two sides, what they think's good, some other people might think is not good. And that's just how that's just how we operate. But I don't think that that should ever deter you from taking the opportunity or um, as long as you're going to practice what you do preach. You know, it's one thing right. to just kind of hype things up for the likes and the retweets. But if you're actually going to practice what you, tw- you know, <laughs> I almost said practice what you tweet, but that also <laughs> stands true. <laughs> practice what you tweet. Um, yeah, I totally agree with everything John just said. Yeah, you got to trademark that that phrase though. Someone, someone practice what you. Yeah, you got to protect your assets. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, we talked earlier about you know the the one side of the spectrum of of fans kind of you know burning their prize possessions in effigy of something that doesn't really affect them one way or the other. Um, so yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about fan service. So that's something that's highly debated, um, especially in with more certain industries more than others. Um, but I know I see it coming into sports. Basically, a sports team franchise organization kind of tweaking the way that they operate in an attempt to appease fan reactions mm-hmm. or fan sentiment. Um, just kind of initial thoughts. Like, what do you think about that idea of like I mean, a, an organization, whether your franchise has been established for a hundred years or you just started 20 years ago, changing the way that you operate in order to kind of appease the overall fandom? 
Well, it's kind of like, you know, sports, they're, they're going to be, they've been around for a long time. They're going to continue to be around. You right. want to grow that fan base up. And, right. you know, gone are the days where, okay, you're in New York, you're a New York fan. You're in LA, you're an LA fan. Right. So now you're feeling just outside of your, basically your city or your state. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have to do things a little bit differently because we all know what works in LA doesn't work in New York, doesn't work in Florida. Absolutely. So I think if you can, if you do kind of change the way you operate, but still keep your, you know, your main focus of what you want to do, I think that just helps him helps bring in more fans mm-hmm. and more awareness. You know, um, oh, sorry, when I watched the, uh, like a baseball game on ESPN, there are so many stats and figures and numbers that are thrown at you so much. Right. It's almost like as a baseball <laughs> fan, I get lost. There's 47 different acronyms. I was like, where's the ball being hit to? Right now? Like, <laughs> the whole baseball field about like percentages about where it's going to be hit and, you know, what the odds were in the last hundred at bats. Right. You know, sometimes, what that is the can, threshold for arbitrary stats? It's, it's, there is there's the limitless amount. You can tell what someone batted at sun, you know, when the sun was at its peak uh, on a Thursday afternoon against <laughs> left hitters with attendance of less than twenty thousand. You can have all these numbers shown up, and someone's going to be like, "Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. That's, he's due for a hit. He's due for a home run." You know, and with the added value, with the added stuff now, with all like the Danny, the daily fantasy sports that are going on, right. I think a lot of fans want as much information as they can get. Right. But not all of it is always relevant. Exactly. You know, it, it's just because somebody hits a home run every other Tuesday, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean they're going to do it like, continually. Um, but I think for organizations, you know, to always get those new fan bases in there, if they're if they're listening to what the fans are saying and saying, hey, we want to see more of this, or I'd be interested in getting more of that, right? Then the team should do that to you know keep up with the times. Otherwise, people are going to start going to other teams. You know, a lot of a lot of stadiums have actually changed the way. That they've done things as a whole, um, right. the stadium experience where it used to be like you go there, you had your seat, you watched the game, you were done. Now it seems like you go to a lot of baseball games or football games, and the game is secondary. Yeah, there's like there's like a club. There's clubs, <laughs> there's restaurants, Arizona <laughs> pool in the outfield. Oh my goodness! There is just it's it's almost like you can do everything else but watch. The but game. watch the game. Yeah. So if you go with somebody, it's like, hey, I want to go to the game, and you're like, okay, you watch the game, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do everything else but. Right. You're both happy. <laughs> You know, it's like, you can do something that you want to do. Something to eat, go get my taxes done. Yeah, I mean, you can have food delivered, even here at the Amway, you can have food delivered right to your seat now. Yeah, You don't have that's to right. get up anymore, which is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, think of it, you sit in the middle row, you don't want to keep getting up. Yeah. And people walking right, by Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, you use your magic money and the food just appears to there you. There you go. Um, you know, they've up their Wi-Fi. So it's like, they're having that fan experience a lot better. And again, that brings people mm-hmm. into the stadium, into the arena, and you start watching them on TV and you buy the apparel and right. you grow from there. Yeah, it's interesting because I was never a big pro football fan, like just growing up, because I kind of, I never lived anywhere close enough to, I, I, I live in Charleston, so mm-hmm. you were kind of close to Charlotte, but you're also kind of close to Atlanta. So were you a Falcons fan? Were you a Panthers fan? It You didn't know, but it was fantasy <laughs> football that yeah. really got me into um pro football because it was just like i you know i like the gamification of things just in general but i wasn't really into pro sport like pro football and i was able to kind of marry the two and become more interested in just how it works and just you know the 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 culture and the the fandom that comes with with pro football so i think that's just one example of how you can kind of diversify the 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 traditional sports experience um, that you know, you know, you used to seeing your your dad and your uncles and grandpa, you know, granddads kind of grow up, you know, kind of centering around, and it becomes more of a diversified experience. Definitely, yeah, yeah, and it, again, but the there's so much going on now in the world of fantasy sports. Is you can and 
legalized gambling too. Right, right. People are definitely taking more of an interest in it, and they're they're starting out as fans saying, "Oh, you know, let me try this DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I can win this fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars easily." Right. So it's it's drawing the attention of those casual fans, and then like you said, like you grew up that didn't have a team, but. You won fantasy, so now maybe you start following team. Like, right. You know, hey, Deshaun Watson's doing real good right now. Yeah, my boy Deshaun. I named him just for you. I named him just for you. But it's true. Like, you start following players and you start following teams. I had a friend of mine that loved Charles Barkley. and just What? He loved Charles Barkley. He When he, when he played, he would just root for whatever team Charles Barkley That's crazy. For. He didn't have, like, a team allegiance. Wow. He just said, okay, you know what? He's with the Sixers. He's with the Heat. He's with the Suns, whatever. That's, ah. that's who my team is right there. I think he was a fan of Suns era yeah, he, <laughs> Charles Barkley. He just he just had to follow Charles Barkley around. And, wow. You know, he was – but that was, that was his affiliation. He didn't have a team. He just loved the players. So I think right. a lot of other – I mean, it's great if your favorite player stays on your favorite team for right. his career, but – you know, look at LeBron. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, before we go too far out the deep end, um, Kelsey, you did mention that you weren't necessarily a big sports buff, correct? Correct. Okay. I don't really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not I like to play sports, really but I don't really engage with much of what's happening on the television. Okay, so this is this sets up a good hypothetical. For someone who's not nearly as interested in, you know, the televised, organized sports that we, you know, see on TV every other day, what do you think are some ways in which um, sports organizations can kind of just tap into that 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 mm-hmm. audience or that, that market of people who do like to be active and do like to do, you know, things that whether yeah. are indoor or outdoor, but kind of pull them, kind of slowly wean them into the the, the sports, the traditional sports industry? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the the kind of the first thing that I think of is it seems like it's a very exclusive community, which is ironic because it's everywhere and you can watch it on any device and right. on any platform wherever you want. But it seems like, you know, if if you say, oh, I like the so-and-so, people will be like, well, have you lived there? How long have you been a fan of them? Uh, well, do you know who plays the you know, it's like when someone says that their favorite album is whoever, and then the other person's like, oh, well, what's their second song on their fifth album? And you're like, I, I just, dude, I just like the music, you know? So it yeah, kind of seems like it has this like exclude, yeah, this exclusivity to it. Um, and so, yeah, I like, I like to be active and I like to play sports. I played, you know, even some sports in college and club and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I, it, and the other thing is it seems even though that it's, doesn't necessarily state this it is very um male dominant and Mm -hmm. it's definitely like commercials and spots and stuff like that if you are watching it is it's it is harder for me to relate to the things that they might be talking about and even john was saying it's getting you know baseball you know and certain things are getting so heady that you're like look i just want to know where the ball is being hit so if you're not someone who's interested (laughs) in it and you try to turn on the game and they're just like throwing stuff at you it's like it might be intense but Right. Uh, something that I will say is um, I love watching ESPN 30 for 30s and I started watching right. those because my dad would have them on in the house and my brother would watch them and it was very much that like mom and pop kind of cliche story right. um, but ESPN 30 for 30 has a podcast and it's awesome and they just tell really cool sports history yeah. stories and yeah and I love I love history and I love history stories so if I can take those two worlds and merge them together and you know the- those are that's really fun and that doesn't necessarily get them ratings on Saturday night for you know or Sunday night for football but um, it is at least tapping into a section of that industry and of that market so 
I guess, you know, my initial hesitancies were that it was, it seems like kind of an inclusive or an uh, exclusive community. Right. So just opening it up um, to have different platforms that maybe are easier to digest or weed yourself in. Um, you know, maybe that's a good place to start. And the other thing that I thought about, which I don't really know, I don't have too much to say about it, but you know, if you are active and you want to get more involved in whatever sport or something that you're watching, maybe there's some kind of, um, contest like you know people do those spartan races and stuff like that like right. what if you know the nfl or someone like that got to host um a similar kind of race like that that gathered a bunch of people whether they're fans or not fans but at least invited them to be more open to that you know that could be really cool so i remember um opportunity yeah there was you john you might be able to help me out with this a little bit more but there was in Miami, I'm, I'm assuming it was Miami. There was this Super Bowl, like museum sort of thing. It was like a pop up. It wasn't there for a long time. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, it doesn't. Sounds interesting, but. Uh... Okay, yeah. I remember going with my family, my mom, dad, and my brother one year, and it was, it was almost like this traveling, um, Super Bowl museum where they had a bunch of information about all these past, past games and highlights and they had all these different courses. They had like, um, can you run as fast as so and so? And they would have like an automated light or something like that run that same distance and kids get to race them and you could sit in on like a, um, a, uh, 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 what a simulator basically of a game and my dad and I sat down with head with uh headphones and we would like animate or you know you get to talk the game through and stuff like that and that was really fun because it was completely um about like your individual experience it was very much consumer dives into what's going on as opposed to just watching it on that secondhand screen um so yeah like installations or things like that could be really fun to open it up it is a family event people are you know, dad and brother might be interested, but maybe it gets mom and daughter a little bit more involved. It definitely right. did for mm -hmm. me and my family. So things like that. I don't know what it was called, though. I, I, it's just memories are flashing back right now. Huh. Could but, you imagine like a hmm. coaching simula simulator? Yeah. <laughs> That's so instead of like yelling and cursing at your TV screen at home, like you can do it in public <laughs> in this, this simulation box. And oh people my look God. at you and then you realize how ridiculous you are when you <laughs> yell at your TV set because they're not listening to you anyway. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Well, I think this is a great uh, point to kind of just wrap up everything that we've discussed today. Um, I, as, as always, thank you, uh, Kelsey, for uh, joining us on the, the left coast, the best coast, they say. Hey. Um, and John, thank you for coming into the studio to Happy talk to, to us here. about uh, so much. all things sports. Um as always, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns out there, be sure to send them to Provoke. That's P-R-O-V-O-K at EvokeAd.com. And um, follow us on all of our social media accounts to kind of keep up with our contributions to the advertising world. Um, as far as a quotes concerned today, uh, this comes from Neil Simon. He said, sports is the only entertainment where no matter how many times you go back, you never know the ending. And with that said, y'all take care. Thank you.